Welcome to our Lent series of Talks for a Magical Monday, a weekly podcast by the Heralds of the Gospel. I'm your host, Brother Gustavo. For those who are not familiar with the Heralds of the Gospel, the Heralds are a community active in the Catholic Archdiocese of Toronto, as well as several other cities across Canada. Founded by Monsignor Ron Cladias, the Heralds comprise priests, religious, brothers and sisters, and lay people since their pontifical recognition in 2001. For those who are familiar with the Heralds, this podcast features the talks following the Heralds' weekly rosary at St. Patrick's Parish in Schomburg, Ontario, as well as other events where the brothers share some consoling and encouraging thoughts precisely geared to that dreaded beginning of a probably hard week called Mondays. If you want to know more about the origins of the podcast, stop here and listen to episode number one. So even if today it's not Monday and you are commuting and doing chores, take heart, cheer up, and enjoy today's talk recorded live during the Herald's Lent mission at St. Mary's Church in Nobleton, Ontario. The topic, the way of the cross and the first two stations, Jesus condemned to death and Jesus carries his cross. Welcome then to Talks for a Magical Monday, the weekly podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. This way of the cross that's going to bring us, hopefully, on Easter Sunday, that we resurrect with him, that we are what we're called to be. Now, today in this short meditation, we're going to look at the two first stations of the cross. We're not going to look at all of them because if we were to do that, we'd be here all evening. But what's important for us is that we begin to look at the meditation as Jesus condemned to death and Jesus carries his cross. Let's put ourselves 2,000 years back. Let us put ourselves in Judea. Let us put ourselves in a situation of some political tumult, a Jesus of Nazareth who has been preaching for three years and causing rapturous enthusiasms. We have groups that never have been united that are uniting against him. We have groups such as the Pharisees who are joining hands with the Sadducees. We have this group of the, this, the disciples of John who are bitter enemies of the Pharisees now joining up together. All of this is going on. And in front of us, we have a singular person, a person who is proven in history. Pontius Pilate, which tradition says came from the British Isles. And he's given this position as governor of Judea to put some order in this place. What's interesting also is that if we look at Josephus, we see that he wasn't exactly a person of fine gloves. He brought an image of the emperor and he wanted it in the temple. He uh, demanded uh, idols to be put up inside Jerusalem. 
but that is before this instance that we're going to talk about now. What we have in front of us is a judge. A judge who commits the most monstrous professional crime in history. We have a judge who convicts a man he knows that is innocent. And he thinks he does something good when he washes his hands, saying, I have nothing to do with it. What do you mean you have nothing to do with it? You have everything to do with it. Because it's from you that this story starts. But what's interesting when we look at Pilate is that he is not impelled to do so by a burning hatred of Christ. He doesn't do so because he has some other burning passion against this man from Galilee, this man, Jesus, son of David. He doesn't even seem to have an ideological problem with him. What is his problem? His problem is one. And it's something that all of us can find that are similar to ourselves. Fear. Fear. Fear of doing something which might cause us to lose our so vaulted position, the position that we climb the the ladder to get to, of causing some political complications that might get in the way of a further promotion. He had that fear of saying no. He had that fear of being different. He had a fear of being good of being just. At this moment in our meditation, as we're looking at it sort of in the fourth wall position, let's look at our Lord himself, you may say, who pities Pilate. But look, let's look at ourselves, because we too are Pilates in our lives. Think about it. The same Christ who converted Peter with one look, changed him, transformed him, couldn't change Pilate. Pilate wouldn't change. Hard as a rock. Pilate looked at innocent the innocent lamb. He looked at innocence in person and condemned him anyway. When we hear at the Passions, during Passion Sunday, the dialogues of Peter, of Pilate, sorry, we should hear sometimes our own voice there too, when we refuse to stick up for what is right. How many times have we heard what is good, what is right, what is pure, and what is good? Mocked, 
insulted, or denigrated. How much weakness we have within us. How much softness, how much cowardness do we have? All because of one thing. Pilate had it all. And Josephus makes it interesting that after this crime that he commits, Pilate lost it all. He was a broken man. It was his moment, his moment to shine. It was his moment, his vocation, you may say, to make a difference. And he failed. How many times do we act like him? Let's ask in a special way at this point in our meditation for the gift and virtue of fortitude to do what is right in those difficult moments. When injustice encounters us along our way, that we don't act like Pilate and think that by washing our hands and committing a sin of omission, somehow we get off the hook. Let's ask it a special way that our Lord may look upon us with that very same gaze and change us like he did to Peter. And that we not be rocks like Pilate. But from this point of judgment in the Ecce Omo, we begin our Lord's way of the cross. His walk towards immolation. The Father did not want that his Son be offered with one strike. He wanted him to be in a process. He wanted him to be an example for all that would be beneficiaries of this sacrifice. He wanted it to be an example for me, for you, for all of us. But what does this help us to do as Christians, as Catholics, as humans? In his passion, he had to teach me, you, how to die. But not just how to die, but how to face death. How do we face it? Do we become stressed? Do we become stressed? Or do we do it like Christ and face it with serenity, without hesitation or weakness? We walk towards our destination with the resolute pace of a warrior going to battle. Lord, give me, give all of us that same courage. That when we encounter that moment, that we continue with that resolution. In the face of pain, what do we do? Lord, cure me of my cowardness. What do I do when I encounter my cross? Do I temporize? Do I find a way out? Do I shrink? Do I neglect my obligations? Or am I like that person in the gospel in which when the problem is brought forward, he resists until he finally comes round and does it. 
Do I close my eyes to pain? Or do I embrace my cross? Or, in a certain sense, even worse, do I blind myself with stupid optimism? Close my eyes and pretend it's not there. And in pretending it's not there, hoping that when I open them once again, the cross will have gone away someplace else, not here. When I look within myself during these 40 days and I look towards a cross, am I sincere with myself? Do I do a good examination of conscience to make a good confession? Or do I say, no, 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 no. Everything is good. That certain pleasure, I don't have the obligation to get rid of it. That certain individual which does a lot of terrible things to me in my spiritual life puts me in very bad occasions. I don't need to get rid of it. I don't need to do any of these things. Even though this is going to undermine my entire spiritual life my entire life with Christ. No, it's not true. Nothing is true. So I cast my eyes shut and I continue to make no progress in my spiritual life. And then I say afterwards, the Lord doesn't come to me. The Lord is there. He's knocking at my door. He wants me to carry my own cross. He wants me to carry his cross with him like a Simon of Cyrene. But where is my desire? At this point, Lord, we like to ask you to cure us of so much sloth. Lord, looking at the wounds on your body, particularly looking at the wound on your very shoulder caused by the cross, that you now carry, O Father of mercies. Look at my sores on my soul, which I have opened over my entire life because of my dissipation and self-indulgence. As we continue to progress through this Lenten period, let's ask our Lord as he continues with his cross, that I may have the courage to pick up my cross in whatever condition it is in and carry it with him to my own Good Friday. And this is all for today's episode. You can reach us anytime at one of the Herald's websites, such as heralds.ca forward slash podcast, New Insights Multimedia forward slash podcast, or you can also subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you normally listen to your favorite podcast. And as per now, pray hard, work hard, keep growing in devotion to the Eucharist and our Blessed Mother, evangelize by word and example, and be every day more and more a real herald of the gospel. Oh, no, we're